A scientific greeting to you, colleagues. Welcome to the Cabinet of Fever Dreams. Tonight, a tale of VHS tapes, madness, and eggs. Never Let Your Children Watch The Adventures of Professor Egghead was originally released on the 25th of February 2022 and is read to you tonight by Dr. Creepin with Sean Bordeur as the voice of Professor Egghead and musical backing by Jar of Flies. This story is the first in a collection of tales about Professor Egghead. To stay up to date, make sure to drop by here over the next couple of weeks as more connected stories release. New episodes of The Cabinet of Fever Dreams come out every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. With all that out of the way, put in your earbuds, take a seat, and make sure all flammable materials are out of reach. The Professor tends to inspire people. Watching someone you love lose their mind is an indescribably painful experience. You know a person, you care enough about them to commit a good chunk of your sanity to their well-being, and then, little by little, they start to slip. What starts off as a quirk soon turns into concern. Day by day, the person you thought you knew drifts away, and all that is left is a husk reminding you of better times. More often than not, that husk is dangerous. When I was young, my father snapped. A mental breakdown. Early onset dementia. Some clinical curse. We don't know what it was, but he snapped. Took him less than a month to go from slightly paranoid to nearly burning down the house. They took him to a hospital upstate and kept him heavily sedated. Sometimes my mother and sister would go visit him, but I could never bring myself to join them. Whenever I thought about the man... I could smell gasoline. I love my son. I only get to see him every second weekend, but I love my son. I love my son, and I'm in indescribable pain. It's difficult to balance life and work in my industry. This weekend I was meant to be stuck on a 30-minute Zoom call that I was certain would stretch out to a couple of hours. My ex-wife refused to reschedule, she insisted the kid could occupy himself with his iPad. When my five-hour call with corporate was finished, I came downstairs to finally spend some quality time with my son. But Kenny was gone. All that was left of him was the iPad on the coffee table. And that's when I smell gasoline. I found him sat on the floor of the garage. His little hands were filthy with viscous brown goo. He was covered in flour, and the pack of minced beef I'd bought for dinner lay open by his side. By his feet, there was a bowl containing a strange mush of ingredients, and it smelled like gasoline. Standing there in that garage, I couldn't help but see Kenny's ancestry. Well, my son looked just like the black and white photographs of my father. I begged him for an explanation, for some inkling of reason for why he was playing with gasoline. For science. That was all he managed to say. That was all the explanation he could provide. When I scolded him for raiding the fridge and playing with things that children shouldn't play with, his apology was equally eloquent. Sorry, Daddy. We ate our delivery Chinese food in complete silence. I tried to let things go, to chalk up my son's strange behavior to him being eight, rather than some arson gene that skips generations. But, well, I couldn't. After dinner, I tucked Kenny into bed and did my best to read him some Harry Potter, like I usually do when he's visiting. We're on the fourth book, The Goblet of Fire. I didn't make it past two chapters, but luckily neither did Kenny. 
Once he was asleep, I went down to the garage and made sure that the two jerry cans I own were on the highest shelf possible. To make up for me being busy with work on Saturday, we were meant to drive out to an amusement park on Sunday. I tried going to bed so that I'd be fresh for an early start, but there were far too many thoughts in my head to go to sleep. After tossing and turning for what felt like a decade, I made my way downstairs for a nightcap and a cigarette. As I poured myself a second drink, I noticed my son's iPad on the coffee table. The plastic cover of the tablet was filled with colourful safari animals. The cartoon creatures looked innocent and friendly, but in the back of my mind I could see those lions and hippos killing. All I could think about was my father. He shared a bloodline with my kid, and the word arsonist was burning a hole in the back of my brain. Then, as I picked up the expensive piece of plastic, another thought occurred to me, a much calmer thought. Uh, perhaps my son's unsettling behavior wasn't the result of a genetic predisposition towards arson. Perhaps the kid was just copying something he saw online. The idea was like a breath of fresh air. After I filled up my glass, I grabbed the iPad and checked what my son had been watching. The results of my search were clear immediately. He'd been watching something unsettling. Right past the lock screen, I was taken to a website I didn't recognize. www.rarefilms.space The red chiller font read. The whole page was filled with pixelated clip art that seemed straight from the early 2000s, and the recommended videos tab had thumbnails of what looked like snuff films. It was somewhat discomforting to see that my wife hadn't installed any parental restrictions on the iPad, but the video my son was watching was significantly more unnerving. The Adventures of Professor Egghead in Search of Companionship well, The video had the quality of a bad VHS recording of a 90s sitcom. The colours were way off and the screen seemed to drift off to the side, but through the grainy image I could make out an office. A woman in a pantsuit was sitting behind a blocky computer monitor. Claire Martin, Adoption Services, read a small plaque on her table. She was typing away at her keyboard, but her attention seemed to be anywhere but on her computer screen. Her eyes kept on drifting towards the camera. The woman was terrified. No woman will have me! came a horrid falsetto from the other room. No women will have me, so I've resorted to adoption. There was a horrible smash on the door, but the woman seemed to have been expecting it. She just gently flinched. She knew what was coming. With one more deafening slam, the door came down. He lumbered into the room to a glorious applause from the studio audience. Even as the creature struggled to climb into the chair, the clapping didn't cease. The audience was going insane at the sight of this strange being. Sir, do you have an appointment? The lady behind the desk said when the crowd finally quieted down. The quiver in her voice made it very clear that she was terrified of the being sitting in front of her. I am Professor Egghead! The creature screamed, bringing thunderous laughter out of the studio audience. I have no time for making appointments! 
I have no respect for cues! Well, he was not human, that much was clear. The creature that sat before Claire Martin's desk was not human. He was shaped like an egg, but had the face of a man. His legs impatiently dangled off the chair, and his voice was filled with boundless energy. But his eyes were bloodshot and drooping. Professor Egghead looked like the manifestation of an exhausted nightmare on methamphetamines. I'm sorry, Mr. Egghead, but you need to have an appointment to speak to me if you just... Claire's voice trailed off. The audience found this very funny. I am a professor, and I demand to be addressed as such. The egg creature screeched. I have attended as many universities as there are grains of sand on the beach. You will address me with the honor that I have earned in the field of science. The professor swiped his stubby arm across the desk, sending the plaque and a glass of water clattering to the floor. I demand you go! To the back room and bring me the most intelligent orphan you have. His brain must be as powerful as a nuclear reactor, and he must have the willpower of an ox. The air creature was already shaking in the chair with neurotic energy. The woman behind the desk spoke softly as to not excite Professor Egghead further. The audience found this very funny. I'm sorry, Professor Egghead, she said. I am happy to see you right now, but the whole adoption process will take at least up to a year. You'll have to go through an evaluation and get certified before we can even... I do not have a year! I need a child right this instant! There is research to be done, and as powerful as my mind is, I cannot do it alone! I demand you bring me your brightest infant, so I may raise him as my own! I'm sorry, sir. She said. I cannot help you. The egg-shaped nightmare stared at the woman for far too long. Just as I was going to skip the video forward, however, Professor Egghead started to shout again. Once again, I am left to solve my own problems. The classic scientific dilemma which no one will help me with. But I promise you this, you bureaucratic jackal. I will no longer be alone. Through my inventive personality, I will bring a lab assistant to this world. To another rapturous round of applause, the monstrosity dragged itself down to the floor and made for the exit to the office. Just as he was about to waddle through the broken doorframe, however, Professor Egghead stopped. I also promise you this, you fascist paper pusher! When the day of the final experiment comes, when all the science has run out, I will remember you, Claire Martin. 
I will remember you and how you attempted to halt my research. The camera focused in on the poor woman's face. Whatever cryptic threat Professor Egghead delivered had real implications for her. Claire wept. Claire wept and the studio audience found that hilarious. I watched the video as I smoked out on the front porch. By the time the lengthy crying scene came on, my cigarette was long gone. I wanted to understand what madness my son had been watching, but the strange show was starting to get the better of me. I was ready to turn off the iPad, but then the crying woman's face disappeared from the screen. Welcome to my laboratory. This is where all my scientific data is consummated. The waking nightmare was now looking straight into the camera. Let me show you how you can create your own lab assistant to aid in your scientific results. What Professor Egghead referred to as a laboratory was clearly just a hallway in some broken down Eastern European housing project. Graffiti covered the walls and the floors were creased in splotches that looked like mold. In the center of the hallway, there was a plastic bucket catching water from a leaking ceiling. The horrid Eggman stood in front of the bucket as if it were an altar. To create our artificial companion, we need ingredients of the highest purity. For the base of our being, we will need the finest of crushed wheat and mangled flesh. He poured flour into the bucket and then topped it off with browning mints from a plastic bag. I now present to you... The creature sang as he reached into his lab coat. The humble egg! This symbol of life will force a soul into the body we are about to create! With some effort, the creature crushed the egg in his stubby fingers. A mess of eggshell and yolk dripped down into the bucket. Professor Egghead got to mixing the ingredients, all while keeping direct eye contact with the camera. Oh, the video was beyond disturbing, but I understood why Kenny had followed the crazed scientist's instructions. As bloody as those eyes were, as insane as the instructions sounded, there was something eerily convincing behind the Eggman's gaze. But what is life? Without fuel, my young scientist friends! The professor screamed once the eggshells were mixed into the pink goo. A distillate made of dead plant matter from when the planet was still young! Yes! This is the fuel that will drive the scientific mind! Make sure to preheat your oven as you sculpt your new companion into existence. For a moment, I watched the grotesque mix gasoline into the bucket, but I'd found what I was looking for. My son's playing with gasoline wasn't some form of generational curse. Kenny was simply copying what he'd seen on the iPad. I shut off the horrible video. The thought that he managed to stumble upon that weird, rare films website was discomforting. My mind kept on drifting from parental concerns to the video itself. Something was patently wrong with the video, and it was stealing sleep away from me. That horrible egg-shaped body, those exhausted bloody eyes, 
As I rolled around in bed, my mind was occupied with the image of the mad professor. I didn't want to think about him. I didn't want to think about the gasoline or my father or the sanity of my son. All I wanted to do is sleep. After struggling with my thoughts for a solid hour, I reached into my bedstand and got some additional sleeping aids. Well, the pills knocked me out quickly, but they didn't clear my thoughts. I dreamt feverish dreams of science and gasoline. I was in a strange abandoned hallway. I was in my garage. I was listening to my father empty jerry cans onto the carpet in the living room. The professor screeching, the tears of the adoption woman, the stench of benzene. There was no escaping it. The disturbing footage I'd witnessed had clung to my brain and refused to relent. I kept on drifting in and out of consciousness. The fever and the pills were keeping me down, but whenever the egghead appeared in my dreams, my body reflexively dragged me back into reality. It was during one of these half-baked moments of awareness that I decided to go out for a cigarette. It felt like pulling in steam through a thick layer of wool. I could see the smoke coming out of my mouth, but any semblance of nicotine felt a thousand miles away. Everything felt distant. Even though the night was cold and I was standing outside in my boxes, I couldn't register the slightest bit of shiver in my limbs. Even my thoughts felt as if they were completely detached from me. Somewhere at my core, there was a whisper telling me to go back to bed, but it felt dull and wordless. The streetlights outside lit up the neighborhood, but the inside of my house was completely dark. I was aiming to make my way up the stairs to my bedroom, but somehow I found myself standing in the kitchen. In the pitch blackness, my perception of the world shifted to other senses. I could feel something squishing in my palms. I could hear the crunching of eggshells. I could smell... Blind and panicked, I struck the light switch. My first instinct was to scream, but... When I realized I had a lit cigarette between my lips, I gripped my teeth and quickly backed up. On my kitchen counter, there was a bowl. Inside of that bowl, there was a sculpted creature of terror. Flour, minced beef, eggs, and gasoline. In my feverish state, I'd followed the instructions of Professor Egghead to a tea. The oven beneath the counter was burning red. I was about to burn down the house. Because of the garbage that had made it onto my son's iPad, I was about to turn into a more successful version of my father. Without thinking, I grabbed the tablet and smashed it against the coffee table. Somewhere in the depths of my being, I believed that if I could destroy the iPad, I could push away what I'd seen on its screen. I slammed the tablet against the table until it was nothing but a shattered screen and a mess of wires. I would have kept going if it wasn't for the cracked iPad cover that lay on the floor. A shattered piece of plastic with a friendly hippo brought me out of my panic rage. Once the terror passed, I cleaned up both of the messes. I scrubbed through every inch of the counter and wasted untold amounts of cleaning supplies, but the whole house still smells like gasoline. All I can smell are the memories of my father and all I can hear is that horrible screeching voice. The sun is almost up. I don't know how I'll explain any of this to Kenny. I don't know how I can come back from all this. All I can do is give you, dear reader, some advice. Never let your children watch the adventures of Professor Egghead. 
The Cabinet of Fever Dreams is written and produced by Mike Jesus Langer and is brought to you by patrons such as Moo, Serafina L, Lucky J. Horton, Kuss, Bob Kondrick, Chicken Mixer, Daniel Wengel, Mr. Creepypasta, Charlie Cooper, Dante Kincaid, and Matt. If you'd like to join these fine people and support the show and get early access to episodes along with a bunch of bonus content, drop by patreon.com slash MikeJLanger. That's all for tonight. See you all on the next episode of Cabinets of Fever Dreams.